Hi, I'm Joanne Vicknair, Meemaw, with It's Storytime, Meemaw, an answered prayer for stories that point children to God on the Truth Network for Kids. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it. Share it. But most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Now brighten up everyone's day with a new wild and wacky singing, talking, Louis the Largemouth Bass. Take me to the river. Drop me in the water. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now. Soon we'll reach the shining river. Soon our pilgrimage will cease. Soon our happy hearts will quiver with the melody of peace. And yes, we'll gather. funeral ever. <laughs> How's that for an interesting title? But yes, today's Christian Car Guy show, what in your experience was the best funeral ever? Or maybe like me, you prefer to call them a celebration of life, right? And you might know in Ecclesiastes 7-2 says it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting, you know, for that truly is the end of all men and the living will take it to his heart. Right? So what is your experience, right? Like, perhaps you're like me, and again, you know, there's times that these things are just spectacular, and you get to see how God honors his saints, right? And so I'm wondering if you could call in today, that's the idea, for you to share your experience of a celebration of life that, of course, you know, kind of went, oh man, that was the way, that's the way I want mine to, <laughs> you know, however that looks. And of course we heard from Louis, the largemouth bass, right? You might've had one of those. Been a while, and, but yeah, we uh, heard from him again. <laughs> yeah, we heard from him again. I have one of those on the wall for years and uh, I had him in my office at the dealership. Yeah, Louis. <laughs> but that, that has to do with, I got a chance to speak at my stepfather's funeral and, and, God took me on the river for the whole week of, of sharing with me how he was uh, going to navigate this. My stepfather was a few days short of being 99 years old when wow. he went to be with the Lord. He had quite a life. And, of course, we're going to talk about that at 10.15 at or the second segment. we got Omar Oda with Ford's got a huge announcement Actually, they wouldn't even tell me what they want to say. They said, Robbie, you, secret. Yeah, Top you're going to, it's been embargoed, but up until we hear from Omar, and he's going to call in at 1015. And today's show, as always, oh, I should tell you, I, I really should, that that, um, you know, the, the uh, Buddy Green was the one who was singing Shall We Gather at the River with the Gaithers. It was just amazing. I, I love that song, and it's just certainly 
has everything to do with what we're going to talk about. I don't know if you thought a lot about the river that flows out of Eden, but I want you to think about it is that interestingly, the imagery of Eden is all throughout the Bible. And I don't know if you've ever put this together, but I just did actually the week that I had to do this funeral. And my stepfather was a master gardener, okay? That was his deal. In fact, if you went into his, you know, the reception, it said Bob's garden, and there was a picture of him standing in the corn and all this stuff, you know, it was, he was a gardener. But this imagery of the garden is throughout the Bible. And clearly, as you begin to think about it, if you're looking at the temple, right, the menorah and all those kind of things, well, that was what I was studying as I went into that week, was this idea of that he will light every light. It's in John chapter, and, and the huge pun that God had for me there as I was looking at the Hebrew of that is to light a candle is the same word as a leaf, right? The menorah is made up, as you know, of all sorts of bulbs and things, so it looks like a tree. So what is it? It's in the garden, right? And, and the more you study the imagery of what the temple and the tabernacle and all that is, it's a garden, right? And certainly there's gardens in Revelation. And so as you begin to think now, the temple is a picture of what? Right? We are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and where's the Holy of Holies? It's your heart. And so if there's a river that flows through Eden... I don't know if you've given thought to this, then obviously there's a river that's coming out of your heart. And it interestingly breaks into four heads. And as I began to study that, like, oh my goodness, look at this. Now I was to speak at my stepfather's funeral. I wasn't doing, I was doing the graveside service as a pastor, which was really an interesting um, opportunity for me. And I had all weekend to, you know, think about this. And God just kept taking me into the whole garden picture and, and this whole idea and, and studying these four rivers. And so um, <laughs> we have an interesting studio situation. <laughs> so when I was talking, if you're, if you're Robbie Dillmore and you start looking at these things in Hebrew and you start looking at these rivers, you start thinking about all these fours. And again, I'm... I'm speaking about this garden experience and God's taken me into these four rivers. And I start to think about, hmm, there are four seasons. I wonder if that is connected to these four rivers. And there are four cups at a Hebrew Seder. In other words, if you go to a Passover celebration in a Jewish church, you're going to go to a Seder. And they drink the four cups of redemption, which have to do with the four languages that are spoken in, in Exodus chapter 6, and by this I mean the, la the language of redemption is in Hebrew, I mean in, in Exodus 6, it says, I am going to take you out of slavery, and then I'm going to get the slavery out of you. That's the first two. And then the third one is I'm going to redeem you, and the fourth one is I'm going to take you um, essentially as the bridegroom. Okay, so those are the four, and so I started to think about, do these four rivers line up that, that come out of Eden, do they line up with these four cups of redemption? And the more I studied that, the more I could see that that was the case. And then, interestingly, if you look closely in Genesis 40, there's a story of another prison break, right? Because the, the, the Jews were getting out of prison is what Exodus was about, well, Joseph got out of prison, if you might remember, in Exodus 40, but it had to do with a dream. And the dream 
of the butler had to do with four cups. If you look carefully, you're going to see all four are right there. And he's going to get out of prison just like those guys in Exodus. And when you look at the stages of those cups, you can't help but once again see obviously the imagery of the, of the garden because it's going to be three vines, right? That, then he's going to have four cups. <laughs> and as he takes this wine into this cup, somehow or another he gets out of prison. I'm just right putting that all together. So when you land at the third river, right, which is where I landed for what God had me, was it the, the river means in Hebrew the aspiration of the thorn. So there's some Orient imagery you see throughout the Bibles. There's the thorn, right? The crown of thorns is what Jesus is going to take on his head. They, 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 it was the curse that Adam brought on us, the curse of thorns. And you might know that the Mount Sinai, the word Sinai means thorn, and that what Moses saw in a burning bush, it was thorn bush, right? And, and so what would the aspiration of the thorn be? And as I prayed and prayed and prayed about that, all of a sudden I knew what God wanted me to say at this funeral. The aspiration of the thorn is the aspiration of a river that flows out of your heart. If you love somebody, what you would want them to know at your funeral is how much you loved them, right? Doesn't that flow out of your heart just naturally? Wouldn't you love your loved ones at your funeral to know, gee, he really loved me, you know, with, with, and, and, and that's, the, that's what people would really want to know. And so as I spoke to, you know, Bob's other children, we, we have sort of like the Brady Bunch on steroids because he has all these, these kids. And, and I had this opportunity to speak to that particular river, which is the river of redemption, okay? Which is the idea of God wants you to know, right, in that third cup, he wants you to know. That's his desire. That's what the word cup kind of means in Hebrew, and that's why we're bringing this to you by the letter hoof, because your deep, deep, deep desire and God's desire are very similar. He wants to know how much, he, he wants you to know how much he loves you. Now, here's how you know, okay? There were two nails through his hands, okay? And you reach your hands out there like wide, and you might remember that as you were a kid, your mom would say, how much do I love you? This much, Right? Reach your hands out there like that. How much do I love you? This much. What's well, the same picture that every mother wants her child to know? I love you this much. Well, Jesus loves you this much. You, you, you see where God was going with all that river, you know, idea. But the miracle of my, father, of my stepfather was that the man was married five times before he met my mother. Okay, and so you can imagine my, my mother had a really tough marriage to my father and it was you know again it was a you know as a, a crazy family so how could they end up married 35 years and have this amazing marriage right how did my stepfather and, and my mother have this thing where they've just just all of a sudden bloomed in great soil ah all has to do with god we're going to talk about that but we got ford coming up in the next segment they got a big announcement and I got lots of folks going to tell me a story about their funeral. Well, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with a lot more. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Soon we'll reach the shining
funeral ever today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And I hope we're not leading off with that because <laughs> we have Omar in um, uh, Omar Odo with, with Ford. And they've got a big announcement. So, Omar, what, what have you got for us today? Well, we, I'm, I'm so excited. You know, we just announced our all-new Mustang GTD. It's a Mustang with a supercar soul. We just they debuted it up here in Monterey, and we're just so excited about it. And, and so not only did you announce it, I understand you've got it out there for people to look at? Absolutely. So, I mean, it's an all-new Mustang that, you know, we've taken to the supercar level. I mean, we have a, it's a Mustang with over 800 horsepower, carbon fiber body, race suspension, and a lot of technology from our race car that you can drive on the road that we'll start selling at the uh, end of next year. Oh my goodness. So 800 horsepower. (laughs) And then how to get you to the grocery store in a hurry. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and a carbon fiber, like that's all new, isn't it? I've never heard of a, of, of a street car with that, right? Yeah, this is for us. It's all there's all this new technology. We've replaced most of the stuff that you normally have: the hood, the fenders, the roof, all with carbon fiber to lighten the body. And we have all lot of new technology that's new to Mustang that we've never done before: magnesium wheels, carbon ceramic brakes, uh, active aerodynamics, so that all for the goal that we can set a sub seven minute time at the ring in Germany uh, when we get closer to launch. So this thing is going to be competing with the best of the best in Europe, handmade uh, by our partners, Multimatic. Um, So it's a partnership between Ford and Multimatic. And together we've done a lot of race cars together, but this is a road car, uh, street legal, I'd say race car, road car. Yeah, so for those of us who don't know what the seven-minute Mark is in the Germany ring. What what is that? Honestly, that's where a lot of sports cars go to, you know, test their merit, test their might in terms of proving, you know, the capability of their vehicle. And the ring, it has 170 curves and turns and corners. It is a very high speed middle of Germany and everyone kind of goes there to see like how fast can we go and there's only probably a handful of production vehicles that can go sub seven minutes without modification and this is one vehicle that we think we're going to be out there and trying to set some times with next year just to prove the ability of aerodynamics power adhesion to show that you know what we can do with a road car. Wow. So if I'm understanding that it must be on the Autobahn, this is a street legal place where people can take any car. It's a racetrack oh, it's uh, a racetrack. in Germany. So it's an actual racetrack. They used to race Formula One there until it got too dangerous. Um, so it's a very, it's a very intriguing, it's a very intriguing racetrack. And, you know, we're just going to go there and uh, set some times and really prove it with this new Mustang. And so it's called the ring. Okay. I'm going to have to Google that one because it sounds cool. But so what you're telling me, if I'm understanding is this active aerodynamics that this car is 800 horsepower worth of bad. And so it's going to get down the road fast. The faster it goes, the more these aerodynamics push it into the surface to get better traction to go through those curves. Is that what you're describing? 
That's absolutely that's absolutely it, and that's what we've done with this Mustang. We've done high horsepower Mustangs before, but another something that has the suspension technology with the we have dual valve active spool suspension, so we can go the vehicle can go up and down and adjust for the racetrack. We have that active aerodynamic, so it's like a DRS system, something you see very you see on Formula One cars where, you know, on the straightaway, you want to open up the wing so that, you know, you are, uh, you can go faster and the corners, you want maximum downforce. It closes the wing so that it really glues you into the corners. Another thing that we've done that is so amazing that, you know, we, for Mustang is it's normally a little bit front heavy, but we've actually taken the entire transmission and moved it from the front of the vehicle to the back of the vehicle. So now we have something called the transaxle and that gives us an almost 50, 50 weight distribution so that you know that the car is not going to be tail happy and it's really going to be able to be controlled by the driver. All right. Cause that has for long been a problem with Mustangs. Is they were, I would call any time I ever stepped on a Mustang, I felt that <laughs> tail happy. I like, I, I like what yeah. they. <laughs> it I kind mean, of wags the tail. Part. That's part of the fun. I think that's part of the fun part of a noble strive. You know, I think I've had twelve Mustangs in my career at Ford. That's part of the fun part. Like you know, a little bit lighter in the back, a little bit heavier in the front, and it gets a little tail happy, and that 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 makes for some excitement. But when you're trying to make something to really be balanced for the racetrack, you really want the weight to be around fifty fifty between the front of the vehicle and the rear of the vehicle. Oh, absolutely. And but I, that, the more I've thought about that term, you know, it's kind of wags its tail because it's pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, that is just amazing stuff that, that you know, it, it it does a whole lot for the whole brand of Ford, right? That that you guys would put this kind of technology in, right? Absolutely. What we're trying to do is, show, you know, really push forward with technology and show what you can do with a road car, with technology that's all new, materials that are all new to Mustang. Right. Magnesium wheels, titanium. We're using recycled aircraft titanium on the interior. Like I said, the carbon fiber. Um, so lots of new suspension technologies, variable traction control. So for those pro people that really know how to drive, can dial in just the right amount of traction control that helps them, but then doesn't hinder them from going faster. That's technology that. You know, we've never really applied into a Mustang. It's really technology you only see on supercars, but it's now brought brought to Mustang. Right. So you're going head to head with Ferrari and Porsche and some other really fancy cars up there in the German ring. Well, I am so grateful, Omar, for your time with us. We learned a ton in, in just a few minutes. Thank you so much for calling in today, and good luck with that uh, with that racetrack, my friend. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. God bless. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Soon we'll reach the shining
funeral ever today on the Christian Car Guys show. We are hoping in this segment that you'll call in and share, you know, well, what was the celebration of life that you went to that you really felt like, wow, this was, this this one celebrated life. It was just, you know, what you're hoping at, at, at your funeral, what, what was related, you know, I hope was that which, which I, I described in the first segment was you really had a sense of how much that person loved his family, how much he loved well, how much, you know, and, and essentially how much God loved, right? Because, I mean, at every funeral, everybody's taking that to heart, right, Jerry? And you had talked about you when you're speaking at funerals, God gives you something special, right? Yeah, sometimes you'll go in, and, or at least I will, go in, think I know the path I want to go and what I want, the message I want to say. And then as you're standing there, God is just tugging on you that, you know what, you need to make sure you get this point across and, and when you're doing a funeral, and Robbie's on a probably big thing about what he's talking about this morning is the fact doing a funeral or even attending a funeral with somebody who has a relationship with Jesus Christ, is a follower of Christ, and somebody who is lost and a family that is lost, man, what a world of difference. It's, it's, it is those, both ends of the spectrum, the sad to, to joyous because without Christ, I mean. Right, it's, it's, it's. It's a crazy thought, you know, and I, I, it's like, man, what can we do to make sure that doesn't happen again? Yeah. <laughs> any place, anywhere, anytime. But but when you get to see, you know, like Big Stu's funeral, um, I know a lot of folks in this area went to that and, and you saw the family get up and eat, share, and you could tell, man, they knew. They knew how much Big Stu loved them. And and, and they had that sense in their heart. And, and I had that sense you know, it, we went. This this funeral was in East Burn, New York, and we we had a beautiful drive up there. Tammy and I did, but we were going to be around a bunch of stepbrothers and sisters. That my own, I didn't have any siblings there, and so I was around these folks. I hadn't been around them in you know since maybe fifteen years, twenty years, and we didn't really know what we were going to get into. But oh my goodness, I mean, we had the best time, and the stories that get told, right? of all that went on. And every one of us, I would thought, there's no way this marriage is going to work. Bob had been married. My stepfather had been married five times before he married my mom. <laughs> like, what the heck? And my mom had had this tragic, like, that just didn't seem like it would work. But there's a lot of hope here, I think, for those of us who've struggled in relationships. You know, I'm very blessed to be in a good one. You know, my, my wife and I have been married for 35 years. But you know, I know there's a lot of folks out there who really struggle to think, can this work? Well, that didn't look like it would work, but with God, because Bob brought my mother closer to the Lord than she'd ever been. And she got way involved in church. If you heard my mom on the radio show, you know how much she enjoyed her relationship with God. But but a big part of that was Bob pointed her that way. And my mom pointed Bob back that way too. And so it was amazing thing to see the fruit of, of what would have seemed like a totally hopeless situation going in, you know, that God made into Bob's garden, right? So when we, we, he went to his funeral and it was all about Bob's gardening because everywhere he went, he was a master gardener. He went to Cornell University and he, he was a geologist. And, and so he studied soil. And so fascinatingly, like you're talking about, God's going to direct you a certain way. So the night before I'm supposed to speak, I know I've got to drive 
12 hours the next day, but God keeps me up till two in the morning. I promise he did. It's so funny. And he gives me the Bob Gibbets version of the parable of the soils. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was just, just sitting there amazed as God totally gave me an understanding of the parable of the soils and, and it all fits into the whole garden idea. Right. And, and, and those who know me well know I love to talk about butt dust and this was all about the butt dust. I mean, it, it was, it was and, and you know, really cool as we put my mom and Bob were in turn together. They had kept her ashes so that they could put her ashes in with his ashes and they put this hole. And so as they were filling, we filled the hole ourselves with our hands. It was really a neat thing. And that the, the one of the people there said, we're, we're going to kind of tuck them in. And it was fun. I mean, we, we tucked them in. But then in the top, you know, my step-niece, I guess you would call her Pam, she had this big bucket of compost, okay? <laughs> Talk about your good soil, right? I mean, if you think about what is compost, it's a lot of material that has been dead. What makes good soil? I mean, really, as, as we're talking about your garden, your, your whole heart's a garden, right? What makes good soil? Well, how much did you have to die to yourself in order to, <laughs> to create that, you know, that good compost, right? And it gets to the right temperature when it has enough, you know, essentially, it, that's where the good material comes from, Jerry. Yeah. Had you ever thought about it? Well, not in that sense, but yeah, but you're right. But, but it was so funny because Pam brings it up here. And here's this, you know, we've left about three inches at the top of this grave. And she goes, now, in Bob's honor, I have the, I've been working on this compost for six months. <laughs> I have the best compost. <laughs> Look at these worms. And, and you know, she was just like, man, you know, and, and it was just yeah, I know you, but it, it, it was it was Bob. I mean, Bob loved soil. You know why he picked out the place at this cemetery that he picked out? Because he said this had the best soil in the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> and and here he was, you know, with a good three inches of compost right on his top layer. And you know, he was he was it was Bob, right? But it was Bob's life. It was his desires. It was a celebration of his life, right? And, and if at Big Stew's. Um, funeral, you know, it was the same kind of thing. It, it was, it was his life, right? And you, you, you remember Rob Young's funeral, right? Yeah. It was about the race cars, right? Yeah. And how many, how many car funerals, you know, do you get to attend if you're a car guy? Like a lot, but that's good because they, you know, obviously they lived life and they lived it abundantly. One of my favorite funerals, I have to tell this story. I'll never forget it. Pansy Furches, the Furches Motor Company was the dealership that I bought in Moxville, okay? And, and, and his wife was named Pansy Furches. Well, she had an Elvis funeral. <laughs> I've never seen anything quite like it. And there was a lot of blue suede. I'm telling you, it was, it was an Elvis funeral, right? And they played Blue Hawaii, and they told stories about how Pansy loved Elvis. She was a Christian and she knew the Lord, but they did all this stuff because it was Pansy. And so there was no doubt in your mind as you were at this funeral, whose funeral it was and what it was about. And they all, you know, one after one got up and told stories and, you know, how she was, you know, she'd just take you to, you know, you were supposed to go to the store and she goes, well, I think we're going to go to the beach. And next thing you know, they're driving to the beach. And a story after story of how she was just, you know, spontaneous like that. And, and the whole thing was a celebration 
And I walked away. That was the first one I ever went to like that. And I was just like, man, you know, you walked out of that thing going, you didn't, you didn't walk out of that thing, you know, it, with this idea of I just went to a funeral. You, you walked out of that with this idea that, man, I just went to a celebration. God had done something amazing. And, and he, gave pansies, he gave us Pansy Furches, he gave us Bob Gibbets, he gave my mom, right? And, and so what's your story? I know that brings up something in your mind, and I want to know, like, man, the best funeral ever. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. How about you, Jerry? What was the best funeral ever? Uh, you know, so many, but they said there, you know, we should be celebrating on earth a Christian going to heaven, you know, so we're doing it because God is doing it and Christ is doing it in oh, heaven. Yeah. So we need to be celebrating that life here on earth. And how much so, it's one thing that that always stuck with me over the past, I don't know, a few years. And, and you know, Frank Shelton. Right. He made a statement and it kind of made me put my brakes on and think about it a second. But man, what a powerful statement because he was speaking and we were, and I'm sitting there, and he says, you know, one of the things, one of the problems with churches, he said, too many churches are praying to keep a 94-year-old woman out of heaven <laughs> and not praying for that 25-year-old who doesn't know Christ. Yeah, you know what? If you're a follower of Christ, I mean, that's the end game is, is being able to be in heaven reaping those rewards. Now, back to the crazy thing, my... I did a funeral for my cousin, lost her husband, and she didn't tell me this bit about it, but the opening song as the family came in was Tom Jones' Sex Bomb. And how do you, <laughs> I had, she didn't, I'm standing up there and I didn't know, it, it took, it knocked me off kilter a little bit there, but... <laughs> It was a celebration of life. It was a celebration of life. But it is true, man. They are really rejoiced in heaven for that saint to come home to be gathered. We're going to be right back with your calls. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Soon we'll reach the shining funeral ever as we're talking about it's better to be at a house of mourning than a house of feasting for that is the end of all men and the living will lay it to heart and so it's a a marvelous thing is um we go through life it seems like you attend more and more of them (laughs) you know and, and and it obviously makes a huge impact on your life and and those kind of things. But I'm so excited because we got a lot of calls I want to get to. So first off, we got my good friend Ann Alt. And she is in Huntersville, North Carolina. And you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? It's, it's been ever so fun listening. And I'll be real brief because I'm sure you have other calls too. But um, it's just so ironic for me that I, I always say at a certain period of my life, I would say death was my life. Because when I lived in, in uh, 
uh, California, I um, I sang at one funeral, you know, at uh, Oakdale Mortuary in California, <clears throat> and um, that funeral led to another funeral. The funeral director asked me to come back and sing here and there and all that. Pretty soon, I started doing funerals. <laughs> oh, really? Death was <laughs> and, your life. <laughs> yeah, I mean everything from you know from a mother, uh, from a woman who buried her mother and said. Uh, I said, well, don't you want to have a graveside, you know, service with friends? She said, no, just me, uh, you know. And she said she was just a mother and wife. So I wrote a poem called Mother and Wife, and I got her crying. (laughs) I was determined to get her crying. But, I mean, I did everything from a motorcycle gang to uh, you just wouldn't have believed the, the experiences that I had. You know, um, doing uh, doing funerals. You know, again, death was my life, and but people were so vulnerable. This 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 uh, you know gang uh, of of motorcycle thugs. It was just so touching because they would get together talking about their buddy, and that's what I love doing is getting them to talk about their loved one and so on and. Uh, you know, what started out for me as singing for one funeral ended up doing hundred, hundred more more funerals. Uh, and people are so vulnerable and open to, to. So of know, all those, Ann, I got to know which which one was the one that you felt like, man, that was the one right there. Oh, <laughs> it's it's honestly, it's so hard to say because each one was distinctly unique and amazing you know to me and because people were so open to jesus christ you know people were so open to answers and i mean everything i as i said from graveside to letting go of balloons you know i mean i and i would try to make it as inventive as they wanted each funeral (laughs) i mean it was it was a glorious season of death i hate to say oh no no i i'm with you it, it, yeah. You know, it, it's certainly that way because, again, they're rejoicing in heaven for those that are making that journey. Exactly, uh, and, exactly. And then, but and the, those woman, who are not, are, it's kind of taken to the heart of like, man, there's got to be more to life than this. Everybody that's coming to that funeral of that person that they don't think is, you know. And each time, like even the motorcycle gang, each time they were so vulnerable and so open to Jesus Christ. You know, it was such a mission field for me, the years that I did funerals. And, uh, and you know, as I say, death, death was my life. But it was just such, a, such an amazing season because I people suddenly sad. are confronted with the, the end of their loved one's life. And, um, you know, one woman, you know, she, she didn't cry. She, she was burying her mother. And, she, and I said, well, tell me, you know, what... Um, you know, what can I say at the graveside? It was just her and me and the funeral director. And she said, oh, nothing. She said she was just a mother and wife. So I wrote a poem, which I can't find. But anyway, the point is, I wrote a poem, Mother and Wife, uh, you know, about how dear those terms were. And I had her crying at graveside, finally, you know. But it's such an eye-opener. Oh, it is. You know, oh, I'm such so... an eye. But I mean, the gang uh, that <laughs> buried their motorcycle buddy—you can't believe how these these big tough guys. It makes me cry thinking about it. 
we're just so vulnerable all of a sudden and so open to Jesus. So it's quite a mission field that I had for about 10 years doing funerals. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad you called today, Anne. God bless you. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Yeah, you too. It's a, love the show, of course. Thank you. And bless we, you. Bless you. We got Miss J is in Greensboro. So Miss J, you're on the Christian Car Guy show. Good morning. He's going to get you on our, we got a challenges. Miss J, can you hear me? So Miss J, do you have your radio on? Because I'm hearing the delay. So if you could turn that, can you hear me, Miss J? Oh, well, let's go to Clay. All right. So, Clay, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Well, it's hard for me to depict, you know, uh, uh, a, a certain one, but uh, I'm looking at it as like, you know, you don't have to listen to the idiocracy. You get to listen to Truth Radio, and for, you know, uh, close to three days, y'all were out of service over here. Uh, I mean, I'd have to tune to 105.7, and I finally got to, you know, but um, last Saturday, I had had a rough night the, the, the previous night before, and last Saturday I got a, I was a bit behind on what I was going to do, but I went over to help a dear friend of mine, and I got to hear Pastor David Jeremiah preach from the 71st song. By the way, uh, top of the sanctifying Saturday to you, Brother Jerry and Brother Robbie. Yeah. Um, yeah I got you. to hear this message, and it was really meaningful, and it was really heartfelt, and it really touched me because he talked about something that we are about three and a half weeks from what Pastor Charles Stanley talked about in September of two years ago. And Pastor David Jeremiah, you know, you always have people asking, why did God let this happen? And so he touches on several verses of Psalm 71. And the, the, he just, I mean, it really got my attention because he says, don't ask why, ask what. And he said, what, you know, when you lose focus of God the Father, when you're going into church and you're going in those doors and you're focused on like, oh man, I forgot this. No, God the Father knows what you forgot. And we're going through things. And we, it's just so important to me to keep our focus because God the Father knows what we are going through. It talks, he touched on uh, the book of James chapter one and then uh, first and second Peter and talking about, he knows exactly what we're going through. And it is when we go through that, he will get us through, you know. And he just really touched on this. He says, we lose focus. He says, God gets lost in in the church. And I have a, a really mean, I've been sharing this with so many people, so many people the last few days because of what he talked about, that when you lose your focus, God is lost in church. And I mean, you know, <laughs> like I said, I missed hearing Truth Radio, you know, because y'all, the, 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 the storm that came through. But I, I am I sorry, Clay, to, to jump in, but we got to go. But I'm so grateful for your okay. call and, and everybody listening today. I'm, I, uh, you know, think that 
There's a lot to think about at these funerals. I can't help but just wonder about Anne and her opportunity to be, you know, it's going to teach you a lot going to that many funerals, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, the thing is, take an opportunity. I mean, that's what we're to do as followers of Christ is to take opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world out there who doesn't know or understand. That's right. And we got to slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. And I'm sure... A big part of slowing down is is seeing, you know, how we can be praying for people to make sure that their funeral is a celebration of life. Thanks for listening. This is the Truth Network.